Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we'd like to welcome you to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. So good to have you with us wherever you are, listening, watching. Appreciate that. Today... We're going to carry on in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 17. We're going to be reading the whole chapter, studying the whole chapter, learning about the whole chapter, Lord willing, shortly. Regarding the end time prophecies that's revealed in the book of Revelation, otherwise known as the Apocalypse. And today we're going to be reading chapter 17, the whole chapter, and ask Joe to come and do that for us, please. morning it's going to be on page 1931 chapter 17 one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me come I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters with her the king of the earth committed adultery and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with her wine of her adulteries then the angel carried me away in the spirit unto the desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteress. The title was written on her forehead, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes and the abomination of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and will come up out of the abyss and go into destruction. The inhabitants of the earth whose names have not, bitten, written, have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come, but when he does come, he must remain for a little while. The beast who once was, and now is not, is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven 
and is going to his destruction. The ten horns you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war against the lamb, but the lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to give the beast their powers to rule until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Praise be to God. All right. Let's uh, open in a word of prayer. Father, these seemingly uh, difficult passages of Scripture, we ask and pray for your Holy Spirit to give us uh, enlightenment and understanding of what they mean. May we be tuned in, not be distracted. May I not be distracted either. To present uh, the truth that will surely take place in the future. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, Jesus said if they persecuted him and insulted him, then uh, surely he's going to insult, people are going to insult us and persecute us and say all manner of things against us for his sake. Probably one of the biggest uh, insults uh, that somebody can call a Christian is religious. What do I mean? Because it was the religious people that had Jesus put to death. Amen? Of course, there are many religions in the world, and all of them are man-made. Man's efforts to reach God. Whereas true Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship based on faith in Jesus Christ who reached out to us and saved us by his grace. Amen? First seven verses predicts a future system of corrupt, ungodly world religions that will predominate during the future tribulation period known as, as it said in verse 5, Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes. 
Babylon is also the name that describes a future corrupt, not just religious system, but also the corrupt political system that will exist also during the tribulation period, headed up by a world dictator known as the Antichrist, otherwise known as the Beast. The book of Daniel ties up with the book of Revelation, fulfills the prophecies in the book of Daniel. Chapter 7 predicts a fourth empire that will produce ten kings and another king. He's the Antichrist. How do we know? Because he will speak blasphemous words against the Lord. This mystery Babylon, and hopefully it won't be a mystery any longer after half an hour this morning, otherwise known as the great harlot or whore of Babylon, will be a state-sponsored religious system. It will be a one-world religion birthed by the devil himself that will include all the religions of the world, all the false religions of the world that are opposed to Jesus Christ and all that he taught. and the truth of his gospel. Of course, uh, this future joining of various religious groups is not something new. In fact, it's very, very old. And it goes back to the Tower of Babel or Babel. And this is where we get the word Babylon from because this is where the false religions began. God told the people to go forth and multiply. Instead, they rebelled against the Lord and they stayed together. And this is where the birth of all false religions began, in Babylon. You can read that in Genesis chapter 11. Various religious groups are trying to form a, a one-world religion. It's not something new. It started back in Babylon. It's happening now. Even in our time, there is forces that exist who seek to form one religion that encompasses all the religious beliefs in the world. Let me read an article from uh, the Battle Cry magazine back in 2002, 20 years ago. And it says, I quote, Pope invites world religious leaders to Assisi for prayer. On January the 24th this year, that would be 2002, Pope John Paul II invited 200 delegates from 12 major world religions to Assisi, Italy, to pray together for world peace. That's okay, that's nice. They gathered under a huge plastic tent to mix Christian hymns and Buddhist chants. Not so nice. Before reading commitments to work for peace in 11 languages, 
from Arabic to Hebrew to Farsi and Punjabi. That's an Indian language, if you didn't know already. According to the Associated Press, the gathering was one of the largest ever of Christian groups, bringing together Catholics, Baptists, Lutherans, Quakers, Mennonites, among others, headed by the ecumenical patriarch, Bartholomew I. But Christians were only one of 12 religions represented. Why they and Jews were praying to Jehovah, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, Sikhs, Shintoists, and even African witch doctors were all beseeching their respective deities. So it's not something new, is it? From verse 7 through 14, we read that an angel explains to the Apostle John the meaning of the visions that he saw. He explained the symbolic meaning of the woman who's riding on a beast. It had ten heads and ten horns. We know that the beast is the Antichrist. The woman, or Babylon, is a vast political and religious alliance all rolled into one. And the woman was full of blasphemous names, indicating the religious system's opposition to Jesus Christ and his people. Verses 9, 10, and 12 identify the beast's seven heads as seven hills. Are you with me so far? Which some Bible scholars believe to be the city of Rome. Seven hills, seven heads. It also had ten horns, which were, we're told are ten kings. That includes a confederacy of world leaders that support this corrupt religious and political system of a future revived Roman Empire during the tribulation period. It will take place. Verse 16, the angel explains that the prostitute or the one world religion, it's going to be overthrown halfway through the seven-year tribulation. We know that the beast, the Antichrist, he demands to be worshipped as God. So this powerful religious system, this one-world religious system known as Babylon, he sees that system as a threat and competition to himself that he must destroy he demands to be worshipped as God. So he and the ten kings, they're going to turn on religious Babylon, overthrow it, and take her wealth in the middle of the seven-year tribulation, halfway through, after three and a half years. It's then the beast, the Antichrist, 
will not only turn on the nation of Israel halfway through. At the beginning, he makes a covenant with Israel. Halfway through, he's going to break the covenant with Israel. He's going to turn on the nation of Israel. And then halfway through, he demands that everybody on the face of the earth worship him as God and take his mark, the mark of the beast, either on their right hand or on the forehead. And the mark is what? Six, six, six. And those that don't take the mark, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. They're going to be persecuted. Many will die. Now, this future one world religion that incorporates the name Babylon, they're going to be extremely rich, super powerful, and very influential, obviously. It's going to be a one world religion. The nations, all of them. But it's also going to be deadly because they're going to kill believers that are saved during the tribulation period, known as the tribulation saints. Verse 6. I saw that the woman, what's the woman? The whore, the prostitute, the Babylon, was drunk with the blood of God's holy people the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. These are people that are saved during the tribulation period. They're going to be martyred for their faith in Christ. They're not going to take the mark of the beast. They're going to oppose the Antichrist, and when they do, they're going to suffer the consequences. But that's okay, because they're going to be in heaven. All right? They can kill the body, but they can't kill the spirit. Amen? So to summarize what we've heard and what we've learned this morning, this 17th chapter focuses on, not necessarily, it will later, political Babylon, but, but this chapter focuses on religious Babylon, pictured as, as the sexually immoral woman and her judgment. So, that's the recap. Babylon is an amalgamation of false religions, all rolled into one that is unfaithful to God. This is why he calls it Babylon an adulteress, unfaithful to God. This is what the angel describes the woman as, an adulteress. Because they've turned from worshipping the one true God to worshipping the beast, the Antichrist. It's spiritual adultery. It's symbolic. You understand? It's not literal. Listen again. Verse 1 and 2. Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. We're told that the many waters are all nations, tribes, and tongues the people that will exist during the tribulation period. It explains that. With her, the kings of the earth, and we know there's going to be ten of them, yes? I know it's a lot to take in, and I've been studying this all week. Believe me, it's been a real challenge, but thank God. I got there in the end. With her, the kings of the earth, 
committed adultery. This is talking about spiritual adultery. And the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. You see, very appealing. Religion is very appealing because it appeals to the flesh. It's what we can do, not what God has already done on our behalf. Jesus Christ on that cross. Man thinks he has to do something in order to get brownie points with God. We don't have to do anything apart from believe in what Jesus has already done on the cross on our behalf. Amen? Believe it by faith. We didn't see it happen. We believe it by faith through God's grace, and now we are saved. Job done. Amen? In the future. This is all prophetic. It's going to happen. And Jesus can come back at any time, and he will. But the church is going to be taken out prior to the beginning of the tribulation period. Read First Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 13 onwards. Also, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 15. We know now this future seven-year tribulation period, all these false religions of the world, some I've already mentioned, there's got to be a whole lot more that we don't even know about, they're going to blend together. Their spiritual beliefs, it's all inspired by the devil to distract people from worshipping the one true God. This one world religion, Babylon, religious Babylon, opposes the Lord. Now don't say it can't happen, because we know that it will. In fact, it started already. We know it started back in uh, Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel. Now listen to an article I also read in Flags of the World. This is back in 2015. Maybe those of us that drive and those that look out the, the window with those that are driving, maybe you were stuck behind somebody who had a bumper sticker that has coexist on it. You ever seen those? Look out for it. It's something similar to that. And you can go online and look at it and it encompasses all the religions of the world to coexist together as one listen to an article and they haven't got a, an axe to grind it's just an article what the meaning of these various flags are and one of them is the coexist movement has sprung up especially on college campuses across the United States and elsewhere. Maybe you've got one of those bumper stickers. The goal of this movement coexists. If you're a Christian, get that bumper sticker off your bumper. The goal of this movement is to embrace tolerance for all belief systems. That's what we hear a lot about today, tolerance. See, Christ, those Christians, they're not tolerant, are they? The chief promoter 
of this movement, coexist movement, is the music industry and the pop icon Bono. Anyone know who Bono is? You too, from Northern Ireland, I believe. From the band U2, Hollywood and the fashion industry also promotes this movement with an array of clothing products, gear, bumper stickers, including a flag. Not surprisingly, this is not a popular movement with the most fundamentalist groups of churches. On the flag, every letter in coexist has a symbol representing a religious system or spiritual ideology. C for the crescent and star represents Islam. O being dotted with the, the karma wheel, Buddhism. E as energy in the relativity equation, science. X, illustrating the star of David, Judaism. The I dotted with the peace symbol, S, for the Tau symbol. And T, for the cross of Christianity. Nice that they included us. The black stripes hold a whole range of different belief symbols they don't even know about. Unquote. Jesus said, he who is not for me is against me. He has to come first. He said, you can't have two masters. Matthew 12, 30. Like the religious Pharisees of that era in Jesus' time, we, you, also have a choice to make, to believe and ask who Jesus is. The disciples had that question. And Jesus asked the question of the disciples. But who do you say I am? And when he's talking about I am, he's claiming to be God. Not only claiming to be, because he is. Who do you say that I am? Ask yourself that question. Who do you say Jesus is? Each of us has to answer that question for ourselves. Either we acknowledge who he said that he is, God, he said, I and my Father are one. Either we acknowledge he is the Messiah, or we reject his words. And he said, amongst other things, he who is not for me is against me. Can't serve two masters. If we claim to be for him, then we must come to him by faith as he prescribes his prescribed order by faith. Religious people, and there's multi-millions, billions, you know, they may be like the coexist movement. They may be open to God's involvement in their lives, but only on their own terms. 
They don't follow the rule book. God's prescribed order. We have to decide. Like the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. We have to decide whether we are for Jesus alone. And if we're not, then we're against him. He who is not for me, Jesus says, is against me. I'm just quoting what Jesus said. Don't shoot the messenger. Believe the message, though. Amen? God's wrath abides on all false teachers and all false religions that are opposed to his son, Jesus Christ, and the truth that he preached. Jesus always told the truth. He says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. You see, I am. He's claiming to be God. And he always told the truth. Because he is God. Amen? Now you can believe that or not believe it. It doesn't alter the fact that it's true. And you'll find out one day from the word of God, it says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. But then it'll be too late. You have to receive Jesus now before you die. Have you done that? Have you done that yet? One day, all these false religions of the world that will eventually amalgamate into one religious Babylon, it's all going to come to an end. We know that. We just read it this morning. They will make war against the Lamb. This is verse 14. They will make war against the Lamb, capital L. Who is the Lamb? Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They will make war against him. But the lamb, of course, will overcome them because he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And with him will be his called. That's us, Christian. We're coming back with him. With him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Amen? All these false religions are going to come to an end, including the political dictator of the world, the Antichrist, the religious leader of the world, the uh, false prophet, those ten kings and all their allies that align themselves with the Antichrist, that are opposed to Jesus Christ because they've taken the mark, they're all going to be defeated by the warrior king, Jesus Christ. When he returns to set up his kingdom to reign for a thousand years after the end of the tribulation period. The question is, will you be with him? Will you be part of that group? Are you called? See, God is calling you now through the preaching of this word, through this preacher, 
through his world. God is calling you to repent of your sin and to be saved, to call upon the name of the Lord to save you. He's calling you. You've heard it. Unless you're completely deaf, you're not hearing this message. He's calling you. Are you listening to it? Are you called? Are you chosen? Well, you know, obviously God chose me because I'm such a good person. No, he didn't. He chose you because he chose to choose you. And we should be so thankful that he did. Amen. Are you called? Are you chosen? Are you a faithful follower? Ah. Well, we're working on it, aren't we? We're working on it. We're not perfect. And we never will be until we meet Jesus face to face. Again, I ask you, you're listening, you're watching, wherever you are, will you be with him when he comes to set up his kingdom? You can be, but only if you put Jesus first and nobody else. Now, I want to close. These passages in Scripture, it refers to spiritual adultery. It's not literal. And we are different, Christian, and we're meant to be different. And we need to come out and separate, separate ourselves from these false religions. And it tells us quite plainly, Paul, the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in verse 14, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'll read it. It's not necessarily just talking about marrying an unbeliever. That could apply. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony there between Christ and Baliol? Baliol encompasses all the false religions, which is evil and devilish. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? So if you don't worship the true living God, you worship an idol. Anything that comes before Jesus Christ is an idol. You can't have fellowship with Christ and worship idols. What's your darling idol? What comes first in your life? For we are the temple of the living God. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. So is the exhortation for us. Therefore, come out from them and be separate says the Lord. 
Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So, come out from among them, and God will receive you. You can become a child of God, but only if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? Let's close in a word then, a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. Hope and pray that it was clear enough for us to get the meaning of it in this chapter 17. And we know from your word, which is true, these things will take place. Prophecies in the Old Testament have already happened. Some are taking place now. Some will take place in the future. And thankfully, we won't have to go through this tribulation period as a part of the church. We'll be taken out. We'll meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord, so comfort one another with these words, the apostle said. We're not appointed to wrath. But one day, and this movement's been going on not just for centuries, but for thousands of years, to coexist together as a one world religion. It will take place, it will happen during that tribulation period. But it's gonna to come to an end. You have promised that will take place. And all those that participate in that false religion will go to their destruction and end up in the lake of fire. Now, I want to address you that are not saved. You've never received Jesus as your personal savior. All you have to do is believe by faith what Jesus did on the cross. He suffered and died. He shed his blood. He took the punishment that you deserve because of the sins that you've committed. And if you reject God's son, then God will reject you. But if you receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior, call upon his name to save you, a sinner, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from hell, saved from the wrath to come, saved from destruction. And I hope you make that choice consider it and believe by faith what jesus has done for you not what you could do for yourself not all your good works not your religious beliefs simply believing by faith what jesus has done already do you believe it i hope and pray you do amen thank you so much for tuning in and listening wherever you may be if you're watching this message give us a thumbs up on YouTube, subscribe, it doesn't cost you a penny. Give us a thumbs up, Facebook or YouTube, amen. God bless you all and goodbye. Or shall I say au revoir. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, 
please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.